Hi, I'm Karen, the host of Ignite Your Confidence. I am on a mission to equip women with tools to find their voice and lead with confidence, and most importantly, stand out. It took me too long to find mine due to self-doubt and fear of what other people think. I wanna help women get there sooner than later, and the ultimate goal is so that you can be free. Jeannie Grabowski is a career and brand strategist helping leaders clarify who they are, what they really want, and supports them in growing their brand profile and platform. For the past nine years, she's supported female founders, creative entrepreneurs, and corporate execs, specifically to bring more clarity, structure, and focus to their vision. No matter who she serves, one thing always remains. She helps them stay true to their most authentic vision and unapologetically execute it. Some fun facts about Jeannie. Number one, her major commitment in life is with coffee. Number two, she won Travelocity's 65K trip around the world in 2012 with a former client. And she was nicknamed J. Oprah since sixth grade. Let's welcome Jeannie. And the first question that I asked her is to describe a single accomplishment that you consider to be the most significant in your career to date. Here's Jeannie. Significant accomplishment in my career to date is really honoring and staying true to my values unapologetically, whether that meant being broke <laughs> as I was pursuing my coaching business and passion and career, whether that meant, yeah, moving in with my mom, whether that meant, you know, having scary conversations to enroll people as clients. Um, nine years later, I feel really proud of the fact that I get to do what I love uh, running my own business remotely uh, from anywhere. And Maya Angelou's quote, I think, sums it up for me. Success is liking yourself and liking what you do and how you do it. And um, yeah, I feel really good about, about the choices that have led me to that. Awesome. Tell us about one of those scary conversations. Hmm. Scary conversations. Wow. So, wow. Oh, what am I? <laughs> so I had a woman come to me and, and we were on a consultation. She said, I'm 50 years old, um, as wealthy as can be. I'm a very strong person, but I want to design who I want to be at 60. I really want to craft that vision. And at the time, I think I was about 24. <laughs> and I had to meet this moment and decide whether I was going to take that sort of subconscious defensive posture and prove, like come towards that with approvingness, or just lean back into a sense of worthiness, which is, you know, reflecting, Anisha, you sound super powerful. I'm 20 years younger. Um, and here's what I do really well. If you want to clarify your values and, you know, I explained what I do really well. And I owned my power in that moment where I could have easily been intimidated. And uh, she hired me and we worked together and then she referred me to a lot of her employees. So um, yeah, that was, that was, an, that was a, a challenging one at the time. That's awesome. Is that the same woman? Because I know you've told me another story where you said back to someone, well, here's how I'm powerful. I did. I did. I guess I missed that. That was her. Yeah. I said, yeah, you sound super powerful and here's how I'm powerful and aren't, you know, we're all powerful in our own way. So yeah. That was very meaningful to me when you said that. I thought, dang, I love, I love this scene. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to take your words. Mm. <laughs> 
Tell us about a moment when you didn't speak up, but wish that you had. So I think there's been many moments, but there's been a, a core theme that I'll share, which is just asking for what I need. And it's taken me a while to recognize that whatever, that, that, that I have needs and, and the one actual, the, the thing that made me realize uh, that I wasn't doing it was just because I didn't have the tools around compassionate communication, which is I feel something, therefore I need something, every feeling is valid, what is needed, and then how do you ask for that? And so that three-part formula really started to liberate me. Um, but specifically, I would say probably in a personal relationship where I present it as if I'm fine, I'll take care of it, I'll make everything happen and just make it look like I have no needs. And when you do that, you end up realizing you don't get your needs met. <laughs> Very good point. Well, that's my story too. Like, oh, at 40 years old, do I actually have needs? <laughs> Tell us the formula again, because I know women want to hear that. So compassionate communication, which uh, I feel. So I feel, identify the feeling. What are you feeling? I need. So bridge it to a need. And sometimes that can be anything from like, um, you know, I feel, I feel lonely. I need warmth. Um, you know, and then it, the ask, the ask can, uh, are you willing? So it's sort of like, are you willing to nurture the need? Um, so you can ask that to yourself. And this is a framework that you can also communicate to others over time, but working on it with yourself is critical for that clarity piece of what your needs are. Tell us about something that you experienced or learned as a child that has shaped you as a leader. When I was in seventh grade, I, I'm sure most people can relate to <laughs> that there are often pretty, uh, there can be very nasty social dynamics in middle school, plain and simple. And I was among a group of women and uh, I had unintentionally you know audaciously spoke up and said things that offended a lot of people and so they decided to confront me all at once in a group format and and sort of criticize and give me the feedback about um some of my behaviors and actions which um that was a time where i didn't speak up i just took the feedback and i was in seventh grade and when i went home every day i opened this excerpt from a book that said if you stay true to who you are, you know, like over time, all the colors will reveal themselves, like the truth comes out eventually. And that was a critical moment where I call it my soul power, where I connected internally, I went internally and said, you know, what is really true for me? Maybe I've made mistakes, maybe I've said things I wish I didn't. Um, ultimately, you know, did, do I think this is true? And I had to own that and own the value of that. And that over time has really served me, because I realize now looking back that that created the coping mechanism that I've used throughout my life to hold true to my values and my truth. Wow. I can't even imagine in that circle. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what advice would you give to a woman listening to this who is doubting herself? Real, but not true. So, you know, first and foremost, recognizing the thoughts of self-doubt and knowing that uh, those thoughts might seem real, but they're likely not true. We have many parts of ourselves. We have a part of ourselves that believes in ourselves. There's a part of ourselves that questions ourselves and that's all okay. So first and foremost, just becoming an observer of those critical or doubtful thoughts 
and then and then we all have to make a choice you know what narrative we want to play out and those choices um, are made through how we speak the language that we use and how we want to speak about ourselves I feel like every day I have to wake up and decide to focus on what makes me feel small or what makes me feel good this morning as an example I wrote a long gratitude list because I'm I've been dealing with some some health stuff and you know feeling a little bit under the weather and so I thought let me put my attention on the on the positive because it's really a choice how this day goes for me so I think the personal responsibility in choosing um, is really important how we how we relate to ourselves be your own best friend <laughs> love it if you could have dinner with anybody living or dead who would you choose and why well, you know this, Karen. Oprah! <laughs> yes, I do know that. Yes, yes. yes we share a love for Oprah and an aspirational desire to uh, you know, be like Oprah, uh, or I'll speak for myself. And yeah, yeah Oprah, for me too. <laughs> Oprah, it would be great. Yeah. I just, I'm so... I'm so fascinated, you know, by her, the longevity of her career and all of the people that she's talked to and just would be a really interesting conversation, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree. Well, I think we can channel her here, by the way, between the two of us. <laughs> so what is the best piece of advice that you ever got? Best piece of advice that I have ever received is probably around um, just my, this, this mindful perspective in life, which is life and fulfillment is all about how we relate to it. So mm -hmm. meaning how we're being <laughs> in the world really is the source of our power and um so it's not so just you know it creates a separation from reacting or reacting to the world around you constantly and when when i got that when when my mentor rachel had shared that with me like your your life is about how you feel now um that really that really transformed the way that i go about what i do um if that makes sense yeah thank you Tell us your biggest mistake and what you learned from it. Biggest mistake. My biggest mistake is uh, invul invulnerability, is not sharing my mistakes and, sh you know, holding back out of sh uh, feeling afraid and or ashamed of whether I was confused in the early stages of my business for the first two years. Didn't I didn't have a lot of clients and I wanted clients, but in all honesty, looking back, I was really afraid and I, I was missing a skill gap, uh, a skill that I needed in business uh, because I was more of a helping professional focused on the technical elements of coaching and supporting people. So when I look back, you know, my mistakes have come mostly from hiding due to shame, due to embarrassment, um, thinking that, you know, I'm alone in not understanding something and then not having the willingness to be vulnerable enough to tell people which then leads you down a path of getting, you know, finding solutions, finding support. So invulnerability has been my bigger, biggest block. Well, can you think of a time, given that you just shared that, by the way, thank you for being vulnerable as always. In my opinion, I think you're very vulnerable and, and honest and transparent. Is there something that you would be willing to share with us that we could glean from you that might be 
a vulnerable moment, or maybe in the past, there was a moment of vulnerability that we could learn from. Maybe thinking about the women that are listening that are afraid to share, or maybe they are hiding and kind of towing the line of, do I say anything? Do I not? How do I own my power? I mean, I know that's kind of a loaded, lots of things in one question. Any response to that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so, one of the things that I really recognize now, I had a lot of challenges earlier in my career around, or, or I had a lot of health related challenges. So um, I went through sort of a traumatic event and um, had a lot of emotional eating as a result of that to cope with that. And then that, you know, because I'm a, I was always an athlete and a perfectionist, I sort of shamed myself like, what's wrong with you? You over snack, you know? And I, and what I've come to see over the years is like that those neuroses, those compulsions, those things that pop up in all of our lives. If you're a human, it happens. Okay. So I'm kind of over the fact that, <laughs> you know, I'm, 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 I'm vulnerable. And in the sense that we all feel things, we all have habits we, we wish to shift or transform. Sometimes they're more, they're, they have a stronger grip on us than others, but I don't think in some, in, in many instances, they ever go away. So um, recognizing that those things are an indicator to pay attention and to get information. And the mistake that I made in the past was I just beat myself up and was in cycles of self-blame and I should be better and I should be fitter and I should be smarter and I should be, and instead I should have paused and really said to myself, maybe this is trying to tell me something about myself. Maybe, maybe something's off. And when I looked and reflected on my emotional eating and my health behaviors that I, that were, I was really grappling with, what I found underneath it was I was just dissatisfied in my career and I wasn't activating my passion and, and my creativity and parts of myself that really were, were hungry to be expressed. And then I thought, oh, this isn't like a food thing. This is, (laughs) this is, (laughs) this is a human thing. And, and so, yeah. Um, so for all you know, women out there who are grappling with something, potentially hiding it, like you're not alone, we all have something. And it's usually trying to give us a lot of information and get our attention. Um, well, I have to interject because I think this is a perfect moment to say that one of our very first bonding experiences <laughs> was being on a work trip. <laughs> I think it was in Phoenix or somewhere and we're at a pie shop and I bought two baked goods or more. <laughs> I looked at you right away and said, don't judge me. And I loved that you opened your heart to me in that moment. And I thought I would have never known that. And I think that's such a great, number one, it definitely brought, I think us closer together, but thinking about any woman that's listening to this right now, that you never know what's under the surface and underneath. And I do love what you said earlier about asking for your needs to be met. And also just know that you know, I think it's really easy to look at other people and think, oh, they're so much more put together than me, so much more successful and everything. And yet you just never know. And I think we all have a lot more in common than we think. Thanks for bringing that up because that was a, I thought that was a very transformative moment of trust between us where it was like, I was like, I'm just like you. (laughs) Oh, I get it. You know? And and to bring that levity, to bring that connection, and really ultimately that trust, like we shared something so much deeper. And um, that, that to me brought me so much closer to you. So, yeah. And, and I, 
yeah, the power of vulnerability is such a great example. As you so kindly sat on a park bench with me eating a piece of chocolate cream pie, I was eating it. You maybe had one bite. <laughs> I had further to go in my journey at that time than you. <laughs> so, so is there anything else that you want to add to the women that are listening before we jump into a lightning round of questions? You think about the theme here, Ignite Your Confidence. Yeah, I want to... Maybe this is the piece, another piece of advice that I wish I had gotten earlier, which is to, when we accept ourselves, that's when we are able to express ourselves. So it's really important, this journey of self-acceptance, like the deeper I can go into my own acceptance of my, who I am, the easier it becomes to express yourself. You know, even as I'm sitting here now thinking, hmm, how much do I want to share about these elements. And then, and just remembering, like, I accept, I like myself. I like myself. And when you establish that relationship with yourself, not that I don't have days where I don't beat myself up like the rest of us, but it's fundamentally, I have my own back. I'm going to be my own best friend. And when you forge that deep connection, I think that's what really paves the way to express yourself more openly and authentically and liberal, you know, uh, freely. And I think sometimes it's confusing when you feel like, I got to figure it out how to, you know, say this the, the right way. And it's like, no, just accept yourself. And then you'll give yourself the freedom to say what you want to say. And if you make mistakes, which we all will, then you'll learn from it and you'll say it differently the next time. So just, yeah, the self-acceptance is so correlated with the expression piece from my point of view. Well, that's beautiful. Well, let's get into a lightning round. Just say whatever comes up for you. The first right. one, where? was your first kiss? <laughs> My first kiss was uh, Jimmy Riley's parents' house playing spin the bottle with a bunch of other <laughs> middle schoolers. Um, wow, Karen! <laughs> We're jumping in there. We're jumping in there. And I, I just did a, I, I had a, it was a small peck on this, this boy Matt's lips. And I think he was chewing bubble gum. And I just remember thinking, why is, why are your lips so sweet? Is this how, how, is this what kisses are supposed to taste like? <laughs> That's awesome. How about your first concert? Concert? Hmm. Jeez. Uh, I guess probably Coldplay. Mm. Great. In college. Yeah. Okay. How about your guilty or not so guilty pleasure on Netflix? Uh, Netflix, Peaky Blinders. Mm. Okay. And your favorite travel destination? I really enjoyed traveling to Costa Rica. So, yes, driving an ATV, beach town to beach town, you know, Drink in hand, infinity pool overlooking a mountain, and then the beach. It's really, really hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. amazing. What's the last book that you read? Uh, difficult Conversations. <laughs> Have you used any of the tips? What's that? Have you used any of the tips? Yes, I, I yeah, I have. I taken away one that, um, which is just that we all bring emotion and feelings to a conversation. That's typically what makes it difficult. So just being more mindful that someone's coming to the conversation with their own set of complicated, complex human 
feelings and points of view. And that actually, although simple, was very profound to, in how I approach it in the beginning, just to take it so personally, another person's point of view, and just realizing like there's separation here. They're in their own story. I'm in my own. So, still working on it. <laughs> we all are. <laughs> how about best nature spot? Well, you, you probably know I love, I love nature. My favorite spot is where I, near where I grew up um, in Westchester, New York, by Rockefeller Estate um, near Mount, the Mount Kisco area. There's a series of beautiful trails and I've walked and ran many a miles in, that, in those woods contemplating, contemplating all sorts of things. Yeah. Favorite mantra or quote? One of my favorite mantras, spiritual mantras, is checking in with this question, which is, what's appropriate in this moment? Um, and the reason why I like it so much is because I think we often bring in like old paradigms or future, you know, fantasies. And it's like, what's, what's appropriate in this moment? What's going to be useful now? Um, and it really feels liberating when you do that because you can just meet each moment and then make a new choice. So that's been a great mantra for me. Oh, I love it. Awesome. Well, this has been fantastic, Jeannie. Tell us how we can reach you. You can reach me at uh, com. I'm also on Instagram as Jeannie Grabowski. And um, thank you so much for having me, Karen. I, it's been such a joy and I'm super excited to glean all of the wisdom from all of the other women. Um, so yeah, thanks for having me. Wasn't that amazing? I handpicked each of these people so that you can be inspired to find your voice, lead with confidence and stand out. This is Karen, your host of Ignite Your Confidence. <laughs>